Hey up, my name's Ben, and you're listening to file 16 of the YYY files. This file belongs to someone that I know has made a big round trip to come here today. Uh, I'm interviewing him live, which isn't something I always do, and I know it's been a long time coming for him as well. So let's hope it's worth it, eh, Jordan Coker? Yep, thanks for having me on, mate. It's my pleasure. It's the least I could do for you being so patient. I, Jordan applied, I think, back in May, June? Yeah, so no, something around that time. And with all the stuff that happened to me over the summer and... Yeah, it's 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 been a long time coming. Six months later, basically, yep. um, a lot of emails back and forth, but it's <laughs> it's it's just nice to be able to sit in the room and be able to talk. Firstly, before we get into this, I just want to say thank you to the Tollgate Hotel and Leisure for letting us record here. Obviously, this is the second time we've been here, and uh, hopefully, there'll be plenty more interviews to come here in the future and open up opportunities with loads of different people who maybe can't do it over Skype and things like that. So, thank you to them for letting me come in here and have a nice place to record. How are you, Jordan? You all right? Yeah, I'm very well. Yourself? Yes, very good. We've got the Wigan game today for context in yeah. terms of time. So we're going to start our brilliant run, <laughs> climbing up the table. We've already started our brilliant run yeah, climbing up the it. table. We're continue from, it then. From 24th to 23rd. <laughs> it's remarkable, isn't it? Didn't think we'd have that at the start of the season. No, I know. <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, the YYY files are Stoke City stories and they're told by you. Without people like Jordan, the files just couldn't be possible. That's why I'm asking for you to come and share your story too. If you want to appear on the show, like Jordan and create your file, head to the website and click create your file. That's the yyyfiles.com or on all social media at the yyyfiles or email the yyyfiles at mail.com. All address and handles have no dashes, no spaces and no caps in them. So mate, my first question, why, why, why are you a Stoke fan? I want to know from the beginning. Same as everyone, I think. Family. <laughs> yeah. My dad is a Stoke fan, and we have no connection with Stoke, to be honest. We're all from Northamptonshire. Okay. Hence the big round trip today. Yeah. About two, an hour and 45 each way. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a fun trip. <laughs> um, but we're used to it now, I think. But no, like I say, no connection with Stoke family-wise, but uh, my dad's favourite player ever was Gordon Banks. Of course, okay. he was a goal. My dad was a goalkeeper and looked up to Banks and said, "Whoever he joins, he'll support." And it happened right. to be Stoke. So, luck of the draw. How about that? Luck of the draw. Apparently, he fought Leicester as well, being closer. But well, and, <laughs> and perhaps even more successful well, in certain recent times, in some degree, yeah. of course. I mean, I, I'd like to think that we've done all right in yeah, some ways. Yeah. Well, but yeah, growing up, I didn't like football at all. To be honest, no. till I was ten, football was boring completely mm-hmm. to me. Was there any other sports you're interested in? Or? No sports at all. It was no. TV and, and, and sci-fi and stuff like that for mm-hmm. some reason. And then the 2010 World Cup rolled around. Okay. All my mates started collecting the match attack cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 2010 World Cup one. So I thought, well, I better do that then. Mm. First packet I got, I got David Beckham and that was it. I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. I don't know why. He was probably the only player I knew, but I was hooked on that. So I started collecting more and more and then started watching the games. And then I remember the first game I'd sat down and watched was England USA okay and Rob Green decided to let the ball roll between his legs <laughs> <laughs> um, stinker that one yeah so you know it's been uh, downhill ever since no well I know I could only name about three players probably Gerard Torres and Beckham that was probably <laughs> it but I was hooked then you know I wanted to play every day every minute mm-hmm. collect everything I could yeah my uh, granddad and my mum are big big Liverpool fans okay my granddad's from Liverpool and he was obsessed with anyone in the family had to be a Liverpool fan mm-hmm. so I grew up from 10 being a Liverpool fan I went to my first Liverpool game we all went for my birthday Norwich they drew one all at Hanfield Craig right. Bellamy scored of all people <laughs> God, that remember. must have been a while yeah, ago it, was, yeah. it wasn't their best uh, runner form not like no. now and yeah I was 
complete, you know, completely hooked on Liverpool. I'd watch all their YouTube, everything. Mm-hmm. And one day, Dad suggested going to Stoke because he supported Stoke. He always has. Never been to a game, mm-hmm. so he wanted to go. So he got tickets for the court final against oh, wow. West Ham. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we uh, obviously got off to a great. Great start there. Yeah. One game, one win. Yeah. Robert Hoof on the score I was going to say, sheet. what a first game. That was incredible, that was. And yeah. I remember reading beforehand that the atmosphere was unbelievable mm-hmm. at Stoke. And it might just be because I'd never been to a football game apart from Liverpool and they'd lost that game. So the atmosphere wasn't that great. Yeah. But the atmosphere was just unreal. Mm-hmm. Back in that t- back then, them days, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, it was such a good time for Stoke. You know, it, we, we got promoted and that beat all expectations. Yeah, Staying up yeah. beated further expectations. Yeah. And then getting so far in the cup. That was, and it was unreal. To, to cap it off on that day as well, knowing that we were going to Wembley yeah. was just... It was unbelievable, that was. Yeah. Um, I remember I was a flag bearer. Got a pic- okay. I got a picture um, of me and it was on the screen for about two or three years and I could see me every time promoting it and I got given a shirt and a stadium tour and everything and on our stadium tour we're in the tunnel and they said everyone to the side because there's players coming in early <laughs> and Kenwin Jones Ricardo Fuller and I think Ryan Shawcross just walked past and it was like did they just yeah. did they just walk past <laughs> us it's unbelievable yeah so that was that was quite surreal mm. and I remember saying dad said do you want a name on your shirt and obviously as a kid yeah of course I do mm-hmm. but I don't really know many players <laughs> so I said whoever scores the first goal Get on the back of my top. Oh, wow. Who pops up? Robert Oof. Header. Early doors. So that was, yeah, that was brilliant. That was... Managed to get tickets to the semi-final. Yeah. And that was... (laughs) What a day that was. (laughs) Unbelievable. So so I didn't end up going to the quarter-final, personally. I can't can't remember why now, actually. But the semi-final, I remember my dad queued up for a a long time to get tickets. And we just managed to go. And what a day that was. It was... You couldn't believe what you were watching. Yeah. Just the whole day, you've just been round Wembley and seeing all the fans just so happy. It was, it was, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, my dad queued up for it. It was about 60th person in the queue to try and get yeah, tickets yeah, there because yeah. we didn't have season tickets back then, so right. it was difficult to get them. No, neither did we, so it was a long, long yeah, that time. was yeah. a long, and we managed to get them. And we had, we had good seats to be fair, and it mm. was just a great day. Yeah, and then my first ever defeat was the final. Oh, I don't did you know go how to the we final? got, don't know how we got tickets. I can't remember. Oh, wow. We were about four rows from the top couldn't make out any players <laughs> all I can remember was Kenwin Jones missing that chance that was ho- only half a chance but, yeah oh and then Torre who loved to play against us yeah it's it, it really sad that day that was horrible yeah and I remember walking out bear in mind I wasn't really a Stoke fan at this point mm. in tears saying it's not fair it's not fair we deserve to win obviously we didn't mm-hmm. City were the better team mm-hmm. are a better team but when you're a kid you just think no, that's yeah, not fair. Yeah. We, we You're biased, aren't you? Of course, yeah, of course you are. That's fair enough. And then the next game we went to was Wigan, last game of the season, and we lost again. Yeah, that wasn't a good day. <laughs> no, yeah. but it kept them up. It was a lap up. of honour, though, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. And it, they stayed up, and it was... It, to be fair, we, we were already safe. Yeah. It was just one of them games where they needed to win. They did, and it was... You know, they celebrated like... Yeah, like they should. They fair play to them. Well, and we just lost the final as well. The players yeah. were clearly disappointed. You can yeah, see it. There were, were yeah. there were some players like Etherington and Hooth weren't really fit for the final. No, no, so no. Going into the Wigan game, they were probably oh, half dead yeah. anyway. I believe Pennant was injured as well. Yeah. So it was yeah, rough, rough time. Yeah, but, it's a shame. Uh, I think mean, I I think if we had a full fit squad, we could have pushed City a lot further than we did. Oh, I think we would have done as well, At especially the time, on the attacking front. Oh we didn't God, really. Yeah. Walters was on fire that season, and then Walters was Pennant and Etherington. I couldn't name a better 
winger pairing, I don't no, think. Not for, not for Tony Pulis. No, exactly. They they were just remarkable. They, they, were they did everything well. that we needed them to do. Yeah, they did. So you had quite a good start. Yeah, the start was brilliant. Plan, yeah. What is it about people with collectible playing football cards on this podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, what, so that's what got me into it. I don't know why, but it was uh, if all my friends had gone and chose rugby, I'd be a rugby fan now, I'm sure. But yeah, that's luckily, fair, yeah. luckily it was football. Yeah, it was football, and like I say, you had a good start. Yeah, and I'm sure it was that good start, not yeah. just the fact that Stoke was successful, but because you said the atmosphere was so good, it, it was unreal. It was, it was everything you expected and more. I mean, the next season, I think probably a couple of days after the Wigan game, we said right, season tickets from now on. Really, there was that was it. Decision yeah, made. That, it, we had to. Mm-hmm. We had to. It's all I wanted to do was play football or watch football. So it was, you know, yeah, season tickets ever since. Been, I think we've missed two or three games between then and the relegation season wow now all the game midweek games are on Sky we don't need to be travelling no and I can relate to that it, it is tough yeah, to, yeah. to make their own trip mean, especially when we're playing badly yeah, getting, getting on at sometimes one sometimes is. two in the morning having work at seven yeah it's not on is it no like, it's not not ideal no but yeah we like I say season tickets ever since and, and we've enjoyed, enjoyed every minute I mean that there was times that I thought we're never going to lose yeah. Dad would say, oh, I don't know about this week. And I'd say, I don't care who we're playing, we're not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And there was that feel about it. Yeah, I, There was games where we thought, even United, it was like, they're a big team, but we can do these. Yeah, Easy. And it, and it did turn out that way. Yeah. We, we did beat these big teams. Yeah. Like I say, unfortunately, it was a time where we missed the promotion team. We missed Lawrence. We missed Fuller. Yeah. That was a big shame for us, looking back now. Mm-hmm. But... We did see some fantastic football. I was going to say, I mean, some football. fans who had joined at that time would say that they missed the uh, the League Cup win in, yeah. in the 70s. So, yeah. like, it, it, it doesn't matter when you've joined, yeah, you're particularly. always going to miss out on something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I can see what you mean, being so tantalisingly close to a promotion and yeah. all the yeah, all around just, the club. just elation that was built up on that. Yeah, I can yeah. see why being missed out. But you went, and then went from a big cup run or seeing the end of a big cup run to... European football yeah which was quite unreal I um, I remember the first game we watched European football I believe it was FC Thun was it FC Thun yeah I, FC Thun Thun like, yeah I whatever they were called. yeah exactly <laughs> um, we, I remember we got here late obviously working whatnot, mm-hmm. um, parked up and we were walking up to the ground and we heard the start of the game mm-hmm. so we thought oh, better hurry and we heard the cheering of the crowd and what was it scored about a minute in and we were <laughs> like oh no we've missed a goal but it's alright we can still do it. Then we heard another cheer and it was an offside goal. And we thought, <laughs> right, we've really got to get in. And it ended 1-0. And the game ended 1-0 and we missed all the goals. And we were like, we travelled all this way. And you and, missed And we league. missed yeah, the goals. Exactly. I mean, the only regret, I mean, it's not a regret because I was at school, dad was at work, but going to an away game in Europe would have been Yeah, you, you know phenomenal. what? I don't have many Stoke regrets. Uh, but yeah, not going to a European away game, I, I just wouldn't have been able to at the no, time. There was no we. financial logistic possibility no. for me. No. But we don't know when that time's going to come around again no, for us. No, and, look and those wait, European nights. It's not going to be for a little while, is definitely it? Definitely not. Well, <laughs> unless we win the FA Cup this time. No, you, know, you um, never know. <laughs> ne- you never know. It must have been an excellent time. The only game that I've seen abroad was um, the first St. Pauli friendly that we had. Oh, right. And, yeah. and that was such a good experience. Yeah. And, and that was just a friendly. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would have been like. We spoke about doing a, or we're going to speak about doing a pre season oh, yeah. games abroad. Yeah. I think that'd be absolutely brilliant. But. Mm-hmm. Depends where we end up, I suppose. Yeah, we have new it. managers every summer, yeah. so we never know where we're ending up. 
Northern Ireland at this rate. Northern <laughs> Ireland, yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I suppose that's a decent summer holiday well, yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, so European football and then it obviously the Mark Hughes era started and blew up. Just yeah. some of the players we were signing were just unreal. You yeah. know, I remember being on a school trip and I said to a couple of my teachers who happened to be PE teachers, Stoke are in for Shakiri And they laughed it, laughed it off. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. And then, Well, we did to some extent. Yeah. yeah. And then you read... Shakiri's having a medical and it's like oh this is actually happening yeah 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 I mean Arnautovic was unbelievable but we didn't know too much about him no well he he was a he was a prospect at best wasn't he even when he joined he wasn't a particularly excellent player he was a hungry player but he he took time to develop under us Shakiri came and he was the big name huge name name. Shakiri and Boyan oh god yeah unbelievable how we how we managed to sign them and not only sign them but they were performing week in week out they were they really phenomenal yeah I think so as well I I mean it's debatable about Bojan saying oh well before or after injury whatever yeah what do you think about that before his injury he was up there with the best players I've ever seen Mm -hmm. he did stuff that you you'd expect Man City players now to be doing you can tell that he had a uh, you could tell he Barcelona quality about it yeah Yeah, exactly he was he was my favourite player and it was a sad day when he left but it was probably a bit late he should have left a bit earlier I don't he's not made for the championship no clearly well, no. I mean I remember his, was it Wolves we had in the cup where him and Mbula got their last chance under Hughes yeah and both of them were just well know. having not been in the team for a while and a yeah, team you can that, understand that, it. that weren't particularly playing well around and no. they, it was almost being hung out to dry in a way yeah but uh, yeah as soon as I think that the downturn started and Bojan was loaned out I, I think it was just that was over for him. him but before that even after his injury for me he'd lost a little bit of his not confidence but he'd just become a bit more tentative in what he was yeah, doing he, yeah. he lost a little bit that Almasia flair yeah. I guess so I can remember that first game back Leicester yeah we drew 2-0 I mean that was when they started that unreal run yeah but he was phenomenal that game yeah he, he was, was yeah, unbelievable yeah. Yeah. he got the goal and he was just tearing them tearing them apart yeah he was yeah and it's just a, such a shame the way his career's gone. He was a confidence player. He is yeah. a confidence player. Yeah. And we must have had a big effect on him. Obviously, with the pressure of Barcelona, yeah. he spoke about some media yeah, that's he, had an effect on him before yeah. as well. It was nice to know that he was he, he was our boy and not someone else's Messi. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, Everyone exactly. looked at him as Messi. We just looked at him. He's Boyan. Yeah. He's R. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was just a handful of some of the players. <laughs> that, like you mentioned Shakiri and Zanzi was and world Zanzi. class. Even Afalai. I yeah. really rated Afalai mm-hmm. really highly. It's a shame that he got injured, which well, seemed to be a theme for us at some point. Well, that's the thing. We either picked up the cropped players or the or the mentally unstable players, a, right? We had a spell of about twelve months. We had we lost Ireland. Bojan got injured. Afalai got injured. We loads, they were just falling like flies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Hughes was doing in training, but well, nothing by the sound <laughs> oh, of it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, um, and then we almost went on another cup run in the League Cup. Yeah. I remember a game where we played Liverpool and John Walters scored and they Stoke won one nil, I believe. It was a night game mm-hmm. or an evening game, I can't remember. Yeah. And every Stoke fan was over the moon. It might have been the first win over Liverpool. No, it would have been the second because they did it in the promotion season, if mm-hmm. I remember. And every Stoke fan was over the moon. And I was so upset <laughs> to see <laughs> my Liverpool lose to little old Stoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was walking and he, my dad kept going, Pick your head up. Everyone knows you're a Liverpool fan. <laughs> so, we, was so, so at that time, gutted. were you a Liverpool fan even though you were going to Stoke? It was games, a, yeah, it, I was a Liverpool fan, but if Liverpool weren't playing, it was Stoke. I wanted okay. Stoke to win, no matter what. If right. people ask me at, at school, you know, who do you support Liverpool? Why do you go Stoke? 
and I don't know, it was just something about them, something about being the underdog and the big teams think they've won before they got there yeah. and then stand in the tunnel and they're already scared. Mm-hmm. That is, that's all I want in a club. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I remember the exact moment I become a Stoke fan. I remember when it turned. Mm-hmm. It was the League Cup. Jordan Ives, I think it was Jordan Ives, scored the winner and we lost 1-0 at home and we had to go to Anfield and we won 1-0. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the thought of going to Wembley mm-hmm. again or... I'd realise I was a Stoke fan, but I the next day at school, we got home about one, got uh, for school at seven. First thing I did, I texted Dad. He was at work and said, I really didn't want Liverpool to win that game. I wow. really didn't. And I put, I am a Stoke fan, I know it. And he put, you can support whoever you want. It's, you know, If you enjoy coming, that's what it matters. I said, it's not about enjoying, I am a Stoke fan now. Mm-hmm. And we've probably got that text on my phone somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But, it's not very often you can say you can remember when you turned. And that no, was a lot of people haven't. I, to be honest, it, it's not something that I particularly remember myself either. No. I, I remember when I started going, I remember getting involved, but I don't remember going, right, okay, I'm, I'm pretty much committed yeah. to this now. That, that was the moment, and it's quite a nice thing to be able to do, because I'm not glory hunting, because if no, I was glory hunting, I, well, it'd been no, the other you, way around. Yeah, you'd still be with Liverpool, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, especially um, the way they're going at the minute. But Well, and especially when some would say that that League Cup loss was the start the of start everything of the, bad yeah. and that's when you turned so. yeah so maybe I should turn back it might be coming back up again maybe <laughs> maybe you're just no. attracted to uh, failure I don't know <laughs> must be yeah. no I'm too committed now I can never go back I mean it was for a long time Liverpool my second team if Stoke weren't playing I want mm-hmm. Liverpool to win but I've started to find myself now where I'm arguing with Liverpool fans to wind yeah. them up now mm-hmm. because obviously I want Liverpool to do well but I don't care that much Yeah, to be honest not like I did when when I was supporting Liverpool and I wanted so to do well now if Liverpool lose I don't care I can imagine why that is but why do you think that might be I don't really know to be honest I think I like to see an underdog and when Liverpool when I did support Liverpool they were in a bad place and they were always everyone come to Anfield thought we can win and it was quite nice seeing them the underdog now they're the big team I don't know I just think I don't enjoy the expectations of winning every week. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so special when you do win. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just think Liverpool, they'll always have a place in my heart, but nowhere near like Stoke is now. Yeah. Nowhere sure. near. Which is, um, would have upset my granddad, <laughs> um, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Once he passed, it was like, I've got a choice now. And uh, I chose the uh, underdog. Apparently. Well, there you go. You did. Just to add on that, I can imagine that being involved with Stoke helped as well. Yeah. Cause, oh, yeah. Because it sounds like you didn't go to many, if any, Liverpool games. I right? went to about four or five. My granddad used to take me when he was still around because mm-hmm. I was the only one that was interested in football and he was a huge football fan. So it was like, if he could get tickets, he'd take me. I mm-hmm. think we went to West Brom where they lost 1-0. <laughs> I went to, we went to Norwich where we drew 1-0. <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> so all the Liverpool games I went to, I saw them lost. I did go with my granddad when we played them in the Cup, Stoke-Liverpool, and Liverpool won 2-1. And my dad was in the away end and I was in the home end. I was in the cop. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the last time I ever celebrated a Liverpool win over Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> I think. So I've been to about four or five times been to Anfield, but it's never been that good a result. No. But it's just something different. Anfield is, I don't want to say it's a tourist attraction, but it's not got the passion that Stoke has got. And Liverpool fans are passionate, no doubt about it. Are, yeah. But it's, I don't know, there's something different about it. Because mm-hmm. everyone who comes to Stoke... You know, ninety percent are from Stoke or around Stoke or mm-hmm. have a connection with it, and they're really passionate. Yeah. But I think when you go to the big grounds, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. You don't get that at all. Yeah. I remember going to Manchester United Stoke when we it was when Hughes got sacked. It was a Monday night game, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
and I was just so disappointed in the atmosphere because they're a massive club doesn't yeah. matter who they're playing they mm-hmm. should be selling out and they should be vocal but they weren't it was awful yeah. but I don't know if that's just because we've been treated at Stoke or possibly or is it just the just the way it is being a big club uh, I guess for Stoke fans I think it's because we seem to have a massive connection between the stands and what happens on the pitch yeah. as in if the players aren't doing very well we'll be unhappy yeah. and if we're unhappy the players won't do very well no. and and vice versa when the players are doing well we're well up for it and yeah. when we're well up for it we've it's mm. been well documented that we've really helped the players at times through yeah. difficult periods yeah. or even the good periods mm. and you're right I think the big clubs don't they don't have that connection they don't have that reliance maybe it's more no. of a one way thing so mm. that Liverpool fans may get really upset or really happy I, I can't imagine how happy they must have been with the Champions <laughs> League win last season yeah. but I, I bet they, a lot of the players wouldn't have said oh it's down to the fans it'd be down to Klopp mm. or it would have been down to the, the players themselves of course the fans help in some capacity oh, yeah they've got every fan does yeah of course I think one of the big downturns at Stoke and it's no fault to them I think it is because of the fans and the negativity mm, it, and, yeah. and it's something that we might come on to later I guess yeah. but yeah I think that they've had a massive effect on us but in turn we've had a massive yeah. effect on them as well you can see that lately they've been shot of confidence yeah. but flip that around when when we were a team that were more than the sum of our parts we were literally the 12th man yeah, and yeah. and we helped those players to be better than they ever thought they could be the frustrating thing is it's so easy to get the crowd on your side yeah. and we don't see it I mean go back to the West Brom game a few weeks ago we were awful the mm-hmm. first 15 minutes Sam Klukas made two tackles the crowd got up and we started attacking yeah that's all it takes that is, is a tackle takes, or yeah. work right up front or closing someone down mm-hmm. and the crowd start to get on your side and yeah. unfortunately the last couple of years it's not, I don't think it's a lack of effort but something's no. gone wrong and the crowd aren't on their side yeah and exactly. they're not I don't want to say they're not putting the effort in but it does seem that way at it's times. A, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Like yeah. We all know that confidence is a massive thing. Look at what confidence did when we were doing well. Confidence yeah. will do exactly the same thing to good players yeah. who aren't confident. They will become bad players. Yeah. And a lot of that is probably down to us. But at the same time, they've got to break that circle by playing well so that we yeah. can be happy again. Yeah. I, I completely disagree with people who say you shouldn't go down to the game at Boo. You pay your money, you go down, and if you're displeased by what you see, mm. especially if you're so tied into it, then I think you have every right to. Even though you may be well aware that it's detriment to the players, Yeah. sometimes, so what? I, like, think, I think it depends on the situation. Of course. Because um, I don't personally don't like to see people boo. I don't like to, and I don't do it myself. But no, I, 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 would, I wouldn't. No, I but can understand I can, Oh, I can see why, but then Nathan Jones has had a few games and people start booing. That's frustrating for me. You can understand mm. it with Hughes yeah. at the end, but I think because we've been on such a downward spiral and there's been so much negativity the fans if they don't see an instant in impact mm-hmm. uh, instant reaction they do get down mm. and without talking about present day too much that's why I think O'Neill coming in and getting the first win was mm-hmm. huge yeah, yeah huge yeah. even though it was against a poor team well yeah but it doesn't matter how, how, how you win but, but the fans get conditioned don't they they yeah. get conditioned either into a winning mentality or a losing mentality yeah. and at the peaks and troughs of it and during our good times during that cup run in European days we were conditioned to winning not every game but we were conditioned to winning games and being positive and seeing the players do well now we're conditioned to expecting the players to do bad yeah and 
we go in with a negative mentality from the word go. Yeah. And I don't think that's any fault of our own, but there's things that could be done to help that. Mm. But at the end of the day, the vicious circle's got to be broken from one side for yeah. that to change. And for when it was good, the vicious circle was broken by the club going into a bit of turmoil and we just changed up because we were just so shocked by what was happening. Yeah, but I think you're right. If the if the crowd stay positive, you get the positive results. And if you get the positive results, the, the crowd, crowd stay happy. positive. Exactly. And I think that's what it's going to take. I know that if you see Stoke go behind from a mistake, it's hard not to have a go. Mm-hmm. But if you stay positive... I mean, look look at the win on ba- uh, on a couple of weeks back, Barnsley. Yeah, the crowd was just singing; they were so happy. Mm-hmm. And the players. I mean, when was the last time we scored four? Two years? Well, Th- exactly. Yeah, it, long, well, long no, time. Four ago. must have been four years. Something yeah, like that, it was long, well, was it the Liverpool? I game? thought it was the, the Liverpool the league, game. Yeah. It probably was. You know, yeah. That's just crazy to think. It that is crazy, crazy to think, to especially think. in the division that we're in now. And you'd think that, well, definitely when we first got relegated and we signed all the players and got one of the best managers in the league we thought oh we're going to smash these like yeah. every week and mm. we haven't done it since haven't. but yeah. it's difficult isn't it yeah but trying to take us back to the good times then yeah going on from what we were saying earlier I remember 2017 I passed my driver's test and I said to dad I'm going to every game home and away mm-hmm. don't care no excuses every game and away cup anything wow I missed two games two away one Bristol City in the cup which we lost uh-huh. I think that was a Tuesday night, long way from where we live. The other one was Boxing Day. We played Uddersfield and we lost. No, we drew one all. Ramadan scored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Change that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't allowed to go, but I went to every game home and away. And that year was the relegation year. <laughs> oh man! Um, you picked a good one then. <laughs> yeah, you know, started off well. I meant we went Everton first game of the season where we lost again mm-hmm. and. We were sleeping on the bus and we had this bloke kept flicking our ear, waking us up. And we said, come on, mate, we're, we're travelling all the way from Northampton here. And he went, son, he had a little lab with him. He said, son, these are true fans, these are. Don't disturb them. We thought, hang on a minute, mate. <laughs> You're sat there flicking our ear. <laughs> but it involved, I went to Burnley away on a Tuesday night. We lost 1-0 in the last minute and I got home at three in the morning, got up for work at six, half six. Things like that. Manchester United on a Monday night, getting home at two. It was painful. I was dragging my mates along who had never been to a game before, just so I had someone to go with. Mm-hmm. We saw one win though. We beat Watford, so yeah, you know, well, get in. Darren it. Fletcher. <laughs> oh God, he was that one. What was a it? player. <laughs> oh man. What made you want to do that to yourself? <laughs> I wouldn't have done it looking back. No, no. Um, I don't know. I just thought we we went to one or two away games a year away games are brilliant so mm-hmm. I thought I'm just going to do it I'm just going to I can drive now there's no excuse I'm earning money I'd got a job then mm-hmm. I'd only just started working so I've, you know when you first get money you just want to spend it cool. so I thought I'll go do something I love I can drive there you know it'd be nice to go out with my mates you know have a few drinks and, and watch Stoke win unfortunately one one thing there ruined it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, all those things have to happen for it to be a good day right yeah all them things happened apart from one um, but no, I don't know why I wanted to do it it was just something I wanted to do and I'd like to do it again and finish it because mm-hmm. I'm just I missed two games and part of me wish it just thinks I shouldn't have done it then because yeah. I didn't complete it so one day I'll do it again and hopefully you can do it in a slightly better season in, yeah in a yeah. season we don't get relegated hopefully you really are and I don't mean it's in a <laughs> negative way towards you you really are attracted to failure aren't you <laughs> yeah apparently so <laughs> so this isn't something I've actually talked about on the podcast much before this big commitment that you do you said you live in Northamptonshire yeah. right 
it's a big commitment to, to go to a home game, let alone some of the away games, especially now in the Championship, some of them up north, even a further. A long way away, yeah. Exactly. They're not towards London or anything, which I guess is a bit easier for you. Yeah, like that. our train is much easier. How difficult is it to follow your team home and away? Financially, um, logistically, mentally? Home, home mentally, that's a difficult <laughs> question. <laughs> home is hard enough. Um, yeah. We know the route. It, to be fair, it's an easy route, mm-hmm. but you're spending... £40 on fuel you're spending £20 on food and drink the ticket I mean obviously we get season tickets now so that's alright mm-hmm. it's expensive yeah. and we've had to drop a lot of things to do it like for example dad used to go fishing and banger racing mm-hmm. and racing and stuff like that Santa Pod whatever doesn't mm-hmm. do that anymore mm-hmm. because he had to drop it to do this Yeah, it's frustrating when we lose because you travel all that way yeah. and you're down all the way home and you're down when you get into work Monday and then being where we live there's no other Stoke fans to back you up so you're getting <laughs> you battered just get getting battered yeah. for a week and yeah. you're just like I can't wait for Tuesday because we're going to win and then you don't lose <laughs> then you lose on Tuesday and then you're like oh back into work again can't wait for Saturday but it's just it's just the excitement of it because when you do win it's Unbelievable! Yeah, it is, it is the best thing in the world, and it keeps you up all week. Mm-hmm. You're so happy all week. Yeah, that financially, it it can be tough. Mm-hmm. I still live at home, so you know I don't it have things is, to right? pay for. Yeah, really, I get that. Um, when I do move out, it may be a little bit more tricky. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a family thing. It's what me and my dad do together. Yeah. So, I yeah. wouldn't miss it. No, and, so, and to be fair, it's the same thing for me and my dad. Like it, it's something that we've done for. a a long time yeah. and, and more regularly when we got season tickets but I think this is our sixth season now with a season ticket and yeah I'm the same It's it's been really bad lately it's it's really expensive yeah it's it takes a lot of time out but you enjoy the day of course you do yeah. like otherwise we wouldn't be going no, no matter win lose or draw I, I always look forward to going yeah even though sometimes it can be a bit of a <laughs> a task trying to motivate myself to make the first step yeah. to go but it's a time with your dad as well yeah, I mean, it used to be a time of the whole family. Me and my sister, we're a really close family, mm-hmm. and it's not like I don't get along with her, but we argue like brothers <laughs> and sisters do. Yeah, cool. But this was like a time where we'd all go out, we'd have something to eat, and my mum really likes Emma Bridgewater in Stoke. Mm-hmm. So we'd go there, you know, something for her, me and dad would go watch the football, and it was just a time of family, it was really nice. Mm-hmm. We ended up taking my nan, we took my dad's dad, who really enjoyed it, he was a massive Peter Crouch fan. Oh, okay. And... But my brother, who never really liked football, he was into racing and cars, and eventually he, we got him into it as well. And now mm-hmm. he's a Stoke fan. He lives um, up in Aberdeen. Okay. Um, so you know, <laughs> not very often comes down. No, so and I wouldn't the, do either if I was. <laughs> he's the only bloke in Aberdeen walking around with a Stoke coat on <laughs> that I brought him for Christmas. So he has no excuses for not wearing it. Brilliant. But yeah, it. You know, it's just a time for family. And since my mum and my sister haven't been coming, because my sister lost completely, she wasn't really interested anyway. Mm-hmm. She she was in the City Sevens, and we were in the family area, and the, we met a load of families around us, which was nice. And she used to sit on her iPad, <laughs> you know, recording herself and whatever. And But it was nice. And since they haven't been coming, it's time for me. I work with my dad. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, when you're working, you've got to get on with your work. Course, so it's, it's, do, yeah. it's a nice time to, to, you know, spend with him. Yeah. I really enjoy yeah, the same when, when the rest of my family come, it's just, I can't think of anything I'd rather do. Yeah, exactly. And and you mentioned before, there, there might be a time where you move out the family home, and, and I know I've done, you appreciate that time a lot more. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's just something that you don't get. Well, I didn't talk to my dad for the first 10 years. We lived together. <laughs> we lived together, and I saw him every day, but we had nothing in common. Right. So as soon as I started liking football, I was like, 
who's this bloke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm making up for lost time, I think. Yeah. But yes, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, and, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think that's what a lot of fans hold on for these mm. days a lot of them certainly don't go for the football they <laughs> they they go because they see the family they see the friends yeah. which sometimes is their only excuse yeah which is frustrating well that's that's why we made a day of it because mm-hmm. it was a day with the family if it was just for the football mm-hmm. it'd be a couple hours with the family and you weren't talking because you were watching the football mm-hmm because there's not much to do no. around the stadium no there's, there's not much to do in you've been through a couple of times haven't you <laughs> yeah but yeah like you say it, it's just just nice to be out with them especially when because um, recently my granddad passed away really recently mm-hmm. and um, he used to love love coming mm-hmm. so my, when my brother used to come down we used to go up to family and that was really special that were oh okay oh good I guess it's nice to be able to continue that on in some yeah, sense exactly, so, and, yeah exactly and have something to guess remember it all by yeah, right? yeah. well I'll tell you what speaking of memories if I was to push you for your favourite Stoke memory it didn't have to be like hmm. an, an excellent game. It could be like just just a small thing that happened, even like on the way up or something. Yeah, favorite Stoke memory. Well, there's there's we took my granddad up for his 80th birthday. For some reason, my granddad supports Accrington Stanley. Not All from right. that. I have no idea why. <laughs> I, I my dad might. I have no idea why. Yeah, but he converted towards the end. We got him a Stoke shirt of 80 on the back of his name. Okay. We took him up, and there's a lovely photo of us outside the Stanley Matthews Stadium. Me, oh, okay. my dad, my brother, and my granddad. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the score was. That game probably lost. But he met Peter Crouch as well, and that was a lovely day. But oh, personally, wow. my favourite memory is when John Walters <laughs> scored the third against Arsenal when we beat them 3-2 here. Because mm-hmm. we had two Arsenal fans with us that day mm-hmm. in the home end. Oh, and God. we were absolutely loving it. Because that's yeah, when Crouch scored within about... A minute. Oh yeah, it was the it's it was sixteen seconds. Or something. something like it. Would, I mean, that day. It's that, the one time that that kickoff routine actually. <laughs> that long ball straight out yeah, of play normally. Exactly. But yeah. that was unbelievable. Not because we had Arsenal fans there, just because that rivalry we had with Arsenal and mm. the way we started and we were phenomenal. That yeah, game yeah, yeah. sticks out as my favourite game, favourite memory. Obviously, you've got the Bolton game, mm. you've got Liverpool, but that game, mm. I don't know why it was. I think it's because it was Arsenal and we absolutely destroyed them. But not just with the long ball, mm-hmm. we were out playing them. Yeah, we were on yeah, the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it should have been 4 0 by half time because Bojan wasn't offside, was he? No, so. no. I mean, they Ramsey scored two and it was like, this is getting a bit tense now. Oh, but, God, yeah. But, they, they just had to stoke it up, didn't they? You know, as soon as that full time whistle went, that was an absolutely unreal day that one was. The, the only other one I could think of was a Will Close testimonial. Even oh, though, they, yeah, even though it was a dive yeah. and they let him score, but you know, oh, they had to. They yeah. had to. They did. Yeah. That was a phenomenal day. That were. Yeah, yeah. It, it really was. Did you go? I, I did go. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was sat in the then Q railing stand, I think, the upper okay. tier, and I was level with the penalty spot. Oh, really? I, which Wilco took his penalty with? Yeah. And yeah, that we it, were, it was a good day. We were in the booth then, sat behind the goal, and as soon as he scored, it was like they're going on the pitch. So you can't. Yeah. There's no point trying to stop anyone. And <laughs> no, exactly. We had my granddad who would have been about eighty at the time, and we thought, well, we're not having him getting trampled on. Let's go on the pitch. <laughs> so <laughs> that, well, we were going on anyway. There was no stopping us. Uh, okay. There was no stopping anyone. No, well, apart from us on the upper tier, who <laughs> we weren't we allowed down, to. Yeah, well, <laughs> unless we jumped off the balcony, yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to get down there. Uh, <laughs> no, that was, that was a great day. Though. It was a great day, and actually, for me, that's one of that. That's one of probably two occasions where I've seen a couple of the classic Stoke players. Yeah, like I mean, it sounds daft, but I never watched people like Dicko or no. Mark Steen or no. anything like that, and they no. were there that day. And the only other one I can remember was um, our hundred and fiftieth anniversary. 
against Spurs. I think it was like heavy snow that day or something like yeah. that. And all the older players come out. And I remember, because my mum's side is from Oxford and so got very loose ties with Oxford United. Yeah. Um, and I remember Michael Dubry coming out. Oh, right. And I think he was either an Oxford player at the time where he just left. And I just sat there thinking... <laughs> Was he a Stoke player? <laughs> I just had no idea. Yeah. Bearing in mind this was a while realize. ago, and I was a fresh Stoke fan, yeah. to be honest, at that time. Yeah, I think you pointed out earlier, like, there's a lot of stuff that we've just missed, a yeah. lot of good Stoke history that we've just missed out yeah. on. Which was frustrating. I mean, the one that would have stuck out, if we'd have gone a couple of years earlier, would have been Leicester, mm-hmm. the 0-0, the pitch invasion, the promotion. I imagine that was party central here. Oh, yeah. Like, we've seen the photos. Like, yeah, it, it, that would have been great. But yeah, but like you say, you're always going to miss out on something. <laughs> Oh, of course, yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, you mentioned Peter Crouch already. Have you met any other players or anyone else within the club? Well, yeah, we like I say, Crouch was one my granddad met and really wanted to. I actually tweeted Peter Crouch and said, could you send a video or send a card to my granddad? But he didn't reply, which was... Oh, well, I suppose he must come get on, Crouchy. <laughs> 10 or 20 of them a day. I imagine, probably. Yeah, I met a few players. It's going to sound really random. Ryan Shotton okay. stands out so much. Oh, really? Because... We used to hang around a lot. Before the game, we used to stand and get the autographs every week. Okay. Right? We've got programs, thousands of programs with autographs on. Oh, okay. Probably the same player a hundred times. They probably got bored of seeing us. Yeah. And we used to hang around there and see all the players. So I've got photos with, you know, Jones, Fuller, mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Apart from, you know, Han Alvarez and Shakiri, who weren't interested really, were they? <laughs> no. And then um, after the game, we used to hang around. We used to watch, we used to say and watch the players do the warm down sometimes. Because okay. they come out and have to run afterwards. Right, okay. And I remember we played Everton in a night game and I remember it was Etherington, Upson and someone else and I shouted Matty and he waved then shouted I don't know say it was Hoof Robert and he waved but I didn't know what to say for Upson because his name was Matty as well so I just went uh, Upson <laughs> he was like you know looked at me to say I've got a name mate but yeah. that was good but um, that was a different time anyway but we yeah, as I say hung around and we my sister really needed the toilet she was only probably seven at okay. the time so my mum knocks on the door of um, one of the turnstiles because obviously they all shut afterwards mm-hmm. and some security guard answers and said, oh, you can't come in. Mm-hmm. Toilets are done now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we started walking back and Ryan Shotton just so happened to be walking past at the time and he went, no, no, come on, come with me. Knocks on the door and goes, you know, I'm Ryan Shotton. Yeah. Let's him in and she, you're allowed to go to the toilet. So that wow. was that was crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, bless him. Yeah, I know. So we've got a lot of respect for uh, Ryan. And then, well, yeah. That's a bit of humility yeah. with some of these and players, then, yeah. Not long after that, we were just we went to club shop, got the autograph over, went to club shop, come out, and we were walking up to the ground, walking up to our seats, and th- we heard the fence open for the players and out we were running and Ryan shot on starts walking with us, family of four, who we didn't know him, mm. and he starts walking with us, talking to us all the way to our seat. We wow. don't know why. He was just like, I'm not in the team this week. How are you guys? And it was like it, He's, he's human. Do yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? Yeah. That was that was a very strange one. Yeah, well, one yeah. Shot I, I, I guess he's one of the more local lads we've yeah, had yeah, in, the, in the recent history of the club. It sounds like he was a big fan. Yeah. Probably still is a big fan. And, yeah. and, and he just probably felt it was an honour to play for us. Yeah. And, you know, he got in the team through being a local lad who graduated his way through the academy. Yeah. Uh, and I guess for him, not being selected on, on a match day. Well, for some players who sort of come over and expect that, you you talked about your own Artwitches and Shakiris. They'd have gone home. Yeah. But players like Shots, just just for him, it it's was like, I'm not, without discredit to him, it was just nice for him to be there sometimes. Yeah. It must have been. Yeah. Like, I, he wasn't the, the greatest footballer, no. let's face it. But he, 
you know, he was in the, not quite as much, but in the Wilkinson mould, he was a lad yeah. playing for the club he loves. I don't know if that was me, I'd just be happy to be in the change room. Let, yeah. Like, yeah. Let, like, let alone be in the squad, let, like, let alone be starting. So I, let I, alone I scoring at West Brom. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, obviously up front, no one knows. But. No. Well, because well, I think Tony Peel had a bit of a meltdown, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, probably. But, yeah. you know, that was a strange one. On the first game, we went to West Ham mm-hmm. in the FA Cup. Dad had never met Gordon Banks. He'd met Gordon Banks once because he opened a shop in Kettering, right. which is where near where we live. Mm-hmm. And he went to the shop and had some shorts signed on one leg by Gordon Banks. Mm-hmm. And on the other leg, it was Peter Shilton, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's got them. So that's the only time he's ever met him. And we were sat there. We were quite close to the front, so I had to go onto the pitch to do the flag bearing. And Gordon Banks walked in front of us. I've never seen my dad starstruck. But that mm-hmm. was it. He didn't know what to say yeah. to anyone. So that was another time. And then the same day, we went out, for, we had a meal at the stadium because we had a big package. Okay, cool. And Thomas Sorensen was a spokesman. Oh, wow. And we got to meet him. And I was only young. And I don't know why, but I thought, I can't say hello. Can I have a picture? <laughs> Obviously, that's what you do, Sat. Of course it is, but yeah. But I thought, I better ask him a question. <laughs> As a 10-year-old, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, said, I said to Dad, I said, I'm going to ask him something. He went, no, just ask for a picture. <laughs> you do what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was just like... Okay, I'll just ask for a picture. And there's this picture, and it's so embarrassing. It's Sorensen and my sister, and I am bright red. Because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm only about 10. And so that picture, rem- I've got it printed out, but I don't show many people. <laughs> no. But yeah, so that's another one. So yeah, we've met a f- fair few players, to be fair. You have. I, like, to be fair, back in those sort of times, Stoke players were more approachable. I know we've had Lewis on a podcast before who said um, the players now just aren't so. But it's nice to see that. And have it confirmed by somebody else that back then the players just were like that. Yeah. And I'm assuming that a few of those players are going to be in your files FC, right? Yes. You, yeah, you're so, right. So let's go on to it then. So, okay. Jordan, I want you to name your ultimate Stoke 11 of past or present. Ideally, this is one goalkeeper and then two each of defender, fullback, midfielder, winger and striker. Doesn't have to be. People break the rules. You do what you want now. Yeah, I think. Uh, no, mine is four four two. Oh, right, so, good you know, man. Get in there. So if I can have a reason for each one, that's great. Yeah. Um, anyone that's in the main eleven, obviously get a vote towards the main files FC, which you can find on the website. Yeah. But you can nominate some subs as honourable mentioned if you'd like to. Yeah. Away you go. Right. So goalkeeper. Um, it was one of three. Um, I wanted which to is say. Common, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to say Banks, but. That wouldn't have been me. I didn't see him play. I saw the highlights and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that I'm sure that would be my dad if he did the podcast, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Butland, Begovic or Sorensen. Yeah. Begovic, I probably would put last in that list. Okay. I, I loved Begovic and he was a good goalkeeper. But there was just something about him. I think it was the way he left. Mm. It was very sudden and it was clearly for money. Because yeah, he was not going to get no. Courtois out of that team. No. Jack great goalkeeper and a really nice bloke and the way he honoured Gordon last season was yeah. brilliant yeah yeah absolutely but it's got to be Sorensen just for meeting him yeah. just for his penalty record was unbelievable it really was and that save against Torre in the final wow yeah yeah, yeah. I mean yeah he, he was phenomenal he was Sorensen he, he was a great goalkeeper it's a shame that our first season saw him the cup keeper but well, the seasons we saw him was the cup keeper but that, yeah. that's how he was and he was phenomenal at it he was really good at it yeah well we needed him for yeah. things like the penalties which was an ideal situation for him and he was at a time in his career anyway where he was clearly happy to sit on the bench he signed new deals and was helping Begovic to evolve and he sort of had his 
peak somewhat and, and was just happy to be in that mentoring role. Yeah. And, and I think you're right, for me personally, he helped us stay up. I think yeah. that was one of the biggest things. And after that, he just was a big part in why we were so successful after yeah. that. Yeah, right back. Now, we've had a few, but it was, hmm. you know, obviously Shotton was in contention for me because uh-huh. of the experiences we've had with him. you got, obviously, Wilco. you got consider Wilco because yeah. everything he was about yeah. just anybody who just kicks Ronaldo because they <laughs> he can't tackle him is, <laughs> is a legend I think Yeah, I really like Phil Bardsley because he reminded me of Wilco so much because he mm-hmm. was either a crunching tackle or a red card there was no yellows it no, was crunching no, no, no. tackle or a red card yeah, yeah yeah but for me it's Jeff Cameron wow okay he sort of ruined his reputation with Stoke by tweeting not long back if I remember. I don't yeah, really know what that was about, but he put something on and it was like, Jeff, we don't need this. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I think he he was just saying, well, you should have kept me. Basically. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Because I think we lost to QPR on the opening day and he yeah. was like, wait. Yeah, and it was like, oh, Jeff, please don't do this. Yeah, especially when but, we were in such a bad place anyway. We didn't need one of our former no, players sticking no. the boot in. Uh, but to be honest, a man of the match on his first game against Arsenal, mm-hmm. someone who could play centre-half, right-back, centre-midfield, could probably play up front, let's face it. He was mm-hmm. one of them sort of players. Yeah. The only thing about him, his passing wasn't great, but his dribbling was good, his mm-hmm. tackling was good, his control, he was strong. wasn't the quickest, but he his positioning was excellent. Mm-hmm. I really like Jeff Cameron. Mm-hmm. I got my hair cut like him when I was young as well, so, <laughs> you know. He was quite vain, <laughs> weren't that, he? Yeah. But, yeah, he was quite, but, yeah. You, know, you can excuse that, because he was a good player. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, well, and he's a soap player, so they exactly, all get excused yeah. to some degree anyway. <laughs> In the centre, it's obvious, Shaw, Cross and Hoof. Okay. I mean, I'm sure that's most, well, I know that's most people's have been said. Yeah, of course. We, me and my dad on the way up, were thinking, who else could it be? And we couldn't actually put anyone else For in For you, there. I bet there's not that many. There no, isn't. Because I mean, a lot of people have said Abjai Fai. Yeah, but we enough, missed him. But you missed him. And then after that, who have we had? Bolshide. Bolshide, yeah. Um, <laughs> Munieza. Martin Zindi. Martin Zindi, who none has been them. good in fairness. Yeah, but so, none of them were as, as good as Hoof. Shaw, Cross you don't even have to talk about he he's just a legend when he retires he'll get a statue and if he yeah. doesn't it's a disgrace yeah he's just scored in an under 23 games which is unbelievable yeah I he, mean he's on the comeback trail isn't he yeah. from, from and, his injury it's just nice um, to see him come back and I was so bitter when he got injured and all I got on my Twitter was Arsenal fans ripping <sighs> into him and it was heartbreaking it's not fair no I don't think like he did not mean that tackle, and no. I stand by it. Ramsey pulled out of that challenge. Look, I, I'm, I'm not going into it now. No, but exactly. And I, uh, he's an Arsenal player. I don't care how he broke his leg, but however he did it, whether it was Shawcross's fault or not, he clearly didn't mean it, and he meant but well. If you watch the, if you watch the replay, Shawcross is in tears, and the Stoke fans clap him off the pitch. So exactly. I don't know what this Arsenal agenda is no. about Shawcross. It's Disgraceful, to be honest. I think it's because we boo Ramsey, and so they feel yeah, like they have to. There boo was there was other things that went on, of course. Well, and the fact that we kept beating them afterwards as well. Yeah, sure, that probably sure annoyed him. But yeah, Shawcross was phenomenal. Hoof was, I mean, just an absolute brick wall, wasn't he? You could not beat him. Look what he did to Leicester. He kept him up, and then won them. We didn't win them the title, but well, I mean, he, he was a big reason. Yeah, he was good as did that because well, I mean, scoring goals. I think you were just about scoring to say. two against City away. Yeah, he did. And then the second half of the season, when Leicester sort of got found out attacking-wise, they relied on winning 1-0 a lot yeah. of times. And yeah. Huth was a big part of that, yeah, along he, with oh, what was Wes Morgan, 36 yeah, at the time. Yeah. So, like, I mean, two old players yeah. you, doing I mean, well. Huth was... That season, him and Shawcross must have got 7-8 that season when we got around the cup run. Oh, yeah. They scored a lot of goals. I think Huth scored nine goals yeah. that season on his own, in all comps, anyway. Uh, that's just... 
nine goals. Yeah, I think our record to get (laughs) exactly. Yeah, we didn't have anyone that hit nine last season. I mean, he was. I just everything about him, and then off the pitch, he's funny. Oh God, yeah. You know, he the banter he had with Walters was. Yeah, we don't get that anymore. No, don't get that uh, in any club really. No, maybe when the mood changes, hopefully something changes. Lee Gregory and (laughs) Liam Lindsay will be having a go at each other. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Liam Lindsay was, isn't quite as good as Robert Hoof yet. <laughs> yet, exactly. Yet, let's, let's not bite us. <laughs> Sorry, Liam. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Hoof, yeah, um, phenomenal. Left back, there wasn't many options. I did not like Bruno at left back. I don't think good anybody defender. likes him at left back. No, no. He's, he's, he's not a left back. He didn't know no. what he was going, doing going forward. And I don't think he really knew how to defend wingers. So he was, he was the best option last season. And that says a lot. Mm-hmm. Peter's was a warrior we loved him he just you know hard working thing about him but I just don't for this team no mm-hmm. Higginbottom was another one it's just for that goal in the quarter final oh, that God, free yeah. kick that Rob Green definitely should have saved But he definitely should have saved but well, we, we, it doesn't matter <laughs> well and then saying that he scored the same, same free kick <laughs> further out yeah exactly so it... but for me it is Mark Muniesa okay I mean how could Stoke fans not love him how oh, could God, they yeah. not love him? He was phenomenal on the ball. He, you could tell he played at Barcelona. That mm. goal against Burnley, I want to say. Yeah, well, that he took it around about four players. Well, yeah. Did he win the tackle at centre yeah. back and then passed it off and then darted yeah, eighty yards down the reason. field and ended up in the box yeah. and volleyed it like, was like he knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, but he was so good and it was just his energy off the pitch as well. Yeah, the dancing, <laughs> with the Stoke fans. Yeah, the the song. Which is still sung at some away games. Yeah. How could you not love Mooney? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Him and Bojan as well had that yeah, connection. Yeah, they were just brilliant. Yeah. Left midfield, and it pains me to say it, but you've got to say Arnie. Mm-hmm. He was the one of the best players I've ever seen on his day. I remember he we played against Man City, and I can't remember, we beat them, and I can't remember who the right winger was for Man City, but I know it was tracked back from their box all the way back to our box and mm. tackled him. And I remember the commentator saying, that's the difference between Arnautovic and the City wingers. Mm-hmm. He's got the work rate, but mm-hmm. he didn't always have the work rate. No, he didn't. But when well, he wanted to, no, he didn't. when he wanted to, he was just unplayable. Mm-hmm. Probably the best player I've seen at Stoke. And when he left, it was heartbreaking. It yeah. really was. I think I, I get a little bit more confident that he did the same thing to West Ham. Yeah, yeah, there is that. And the way he started at West Ham was brilliant. He didn't score in his first five, got a red card in that time. Yeah. I mean, that's not a nice thing to say, but... Well, the way he left, like I think I've said before, we'd have probably stayed up if he stayed yeah, here, and so. West Ham would have gone down in our place. I think so. And he left just because, well, we had on yeah. on the previous episodes, money. just like money, yeah, and money just talk. Unfortunately, of course it does. And it's just that's just the frustrating thing because he he was nowhere to promote him, was he? But mm. he was un- unplayable at times. And them two goals against Man City, I know Shakiri made made them, but. He tore them apart like oh yeah. He'd absolutely ripped them to pieces, yeah. and you know he was so arrogant, but he was allowed to be. Mm-hmm. Him and Peters had a great connection down that left hand side. And then the top knots going. Yeah, I mean that was a sight to be old, wasn't it? The he went for a few hairstyles, didn't he? Side, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, but it was just it wasn't the way he left. I understand if you get offered more money at a different job at any job, you gonna yeah. leave. Yeah, it was the way he come back. And celebrate in front of us. Yeah, and and we were toxic to him. We were toxic to him, and he's a passionate player. But has been. But you've got to show more respect. You're a professional. We're yeah, fans. exactly. We pay for that. Exactly. You're I'm, getting paid. Do I mean? Let, let's face it. If it happened to one of us, though, we'd probably be the same. But 
Probably, but then we're not getting paid £100,000 no, a week to play football. That's true. So. That, was, that was horrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was a great player. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, in the middle, the only shout-out I got for the left-hand side was Etherington. Okay. Unbelievable player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, it's a shame that he had the path he had with gambling and whatnot because he could have been playing for Tottenham a lot longer. Mm-hmm. But he was amazing. I remember our first game against Spurs. First time I ever watched us beat a big, big team was when he scored two at home to Tottenham mm-hmm. and he's just unbelievable player yeah, yeah. I loved everything it. had I him on the back well. of my shirt after hoof oh really <laughs> yep. oh yeah well. that please dad <laughs> two le- two numbers in <laughs> Etherington he yeah. loved that uh, midfield uh, quite a controversial one to start uh, Charlie Adam okay I know a lot of fans don't like Charlie Adam for missing that penalty and then taking about three days to try and tap the rebound in mm-hmm. but on his when we first signed him he was brilliant yeah, he, he was. really yeah, was. Yeah, he, he was, was passionate. He, I was going to say, he, he'd tackle. He, he <laughs> fouled. <laughs> he fouled. He tried. But he'd hit hard tackle. He, he, he didn't... If he was going to tackle, he'd hit it hard. Yeah. He had a great shot on him. That goal against Man United at home. Oh, the God. The Chelsea yeah, yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, the Anatovic dummy setup as well. Yeah, that, that was, was that, clearly that was, intentional. Yeah, Maybe I mean, that was not phenomenal. Possibly, okay, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but he... No, I, I love Charlie Adam. I had him on... <laughs> Back of a Liverpool top. Oh, no. I don't know why. <laughs> I loved him at Blackpool. Yeah. I thought he's a really good player. And then he signed for Liverpool. And I was like, I'm going to get him back of my top. And then he signed for Stoke. And I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. had a lot of ex Liverpool players. Yeah, we did. But not all good ones, but. <laughs> no, not all of them. Johnson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But no, I really. No, Charlie Adam. I really like Charlie. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was very. I think he was like Wilco. He wasn't a local lad, but he was. He knew the fans mm-hmm. cared, and he mm-hmm. cared back, I think, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really like Charlie. And then the other one, Glenn Whelan. Okay. I don't know how people haven't been including him. I'm, it's everyone's opinion, don't get me, I know that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Glenn Whelan was so good mm-hmm. for Stoke. His positioning was top-notch. He let Unzonzi and Adam and Alan or whoever do their thing. Mm-hmm. I remember, I might have got this wrong, and if someone corrects me, I'm going to be so disappointed. But I remember, do you remember the game where we played Manchester United and it hailed? And it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I remember we had we had a corner which was delivered in. Whelan was the defender staying back. Mm-hmm. They cleared it and Ashley Young got the ball and he hit it long and tried to run round Whelan mm-hmm. off the pitch. And Whelan just gave him a shoulder barge <laughs> and nudged him into the advertising board and played <laughs> on. And I was just like, I, I love this bloke. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Everything about Whelan. I'd rather see Whelan snap someone than an Alvich score a goal. Oh wow! Because that really gets the crowd going more. I think. Well, yeah. You score a goal and then you sell back down. If you snap someone with a hard challenge, the crowd are up and they're yeah, up for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love. I just everything about Whelan. Obviously, you got. I got a few. Uh, Allen. I like Joe Allen. Mm-hmm. I mean, since he's been, he's all been downhill. So maybe he's cursed. Mm. But you know, his work rate. You can't knock him. Mm-hmm. Affalai, another one. I thought he was a great player. Mm-hmm. Really good player. Don't think we saw the best of him, but was a good player. And then you got Delap. Mm-hmm. What can you say about the lap? Just, oh God, yeah. Just uh, we get it, he gets out the team and then Jeff Cameron comes in and he's got a long throw. So well, not quite, <laughs> not, as good, not quite as good. No, never will be. But yeah. you know, if we scared players, make Tim Howard cry. Yes, Roy Delap. <laughs> I mean, that is a statement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And um, obviously, in Zonzi, I was so close to putting Zonzi in, but mm-hmm. at the time he frustrated the life out of me, mm-hmm. just because he would had so much ability and he'd get to the halfway line or just in front, stop, pass it backwards, pass it sideways. Mm-hmm. Now, if you watch him at Seville, that's what they want him to do. You watch him in France, that's what you want him to do. But for Stoke, we just want to see you go for it, mm-hmm. and it was 
so frustrating. But then I think, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, yeah. but you appreciate now that that was why we were so good. Yeah, but, exactly. Because of players like that. I mean, I was young and I want to see goal after goal. Of course after you goal do, yeah. Goal. And that's what Stoke were doing to some yeah, extent. Yeah, but we saw in Zonzi's ability, you saw, I believe it was Villa away when he scored and mm-hmm. we beat him 4-1 and yeah, yeah. Liverpool 6-1. Mm-hmm. When he got the ball and drove, no one could stop him. No. But he just didn't do it off. I mean, obviously, he was told not to. And yeah. He was good at doing what he did, but he didn't do it often enough for me. No. It's a shame because he, he was probably the best midfielder I've ever seen at Stoke, mm-hmm. looking back now. But yeah. he was so frustrating at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on the right, I've gone with Pennant okay. over Shakiri. They were the only two options. I th- uh, no, I'm lying to you. Walters. Walters. I'm lying to you. Right midfield, John Walters. You're putting Walters yes. on there, okay. Because there's no space up front and John Walters, <laughs> John Walters cannot be not in the team. He's stoked through and through. Mm-hmm. He, Even though he is an Everton fan, or was. I was, he, I, I was going to say, I believe he's now converted, um, yeah. But everything about him, the work rate, I mean, he went through a season where he couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. No. He really couldn't. <laughs> no, and really everyone couldn't. forgets it. Yeah. Because he was he, he was so good. That season where we, we got to the FA Cup final, we was on fire. Yeah. No one could stop him. The goal against Chelsea, where he took it around David Luiz and from the halfway like everything about John Walters, you just can't dislike. Even when he missed the two the scored the two own goals and missed the penalty. Most Chelsea. players would have got absolute yeah. pelters. And don't be wrong, he lost a few of the loyal fans after that yeah, I think but so. I, I don't think no anyone one no was, one hated no Walters. you couldn't hate John Walters no just because of his work rate and I see a lot of similarities with him and Lee Gregory I think by the end of the season Lee Gregory will be everyone's favourite player mm-hmm. because he works hard for mm-hmm. the team and that's what Walters did and that's why everyone loved him yeah but yeah sorry so Pennant and Shakiri are on the honourable mentions I oh, suppose oh god Pennant was frustrating because he could have been so much better than he was mm-hmm. But he had a great delivery on him. And I remember that game, was it West Ham? We were 1-0 down to the 90-something minute and he scored a free kick. Mm-hmm. Just just a great player. I remember when he <laughs> got subbed on when we were winning. I think it was Everton. We were winning and they said, right, just don't do anything silly. Mm-hmm. And they give a penalty away in the yeah, last minute. Yeah, and yeah, Leighton yeah, Bain yeah. scored and it was like, oh, Jermaine, well, that's it now, mate. <laughs> he never played again, did he? No, I don't that's think he did. And it no. was like, your time's over and it's a yeah. shame it went that way but he was a great player oh, he was, that yeah, ball yeah. through to Kenwin Jones in the remarkable game. wasn't it what a pass that yeah. was unbelievable well and he won the ball back off of was it Petrov I, I think? think it might have been yeah, yeah. ran he, with it and then yeah took it 50 yards and did lovely that pass, pass. Lovely in, pass. in that pressure of game as well yeah. we were we were 2-0 up, up but only 2-0 up really yeah. and to be honest Bolton started the better team in that yeah, game but luckily, could have had a penalty but yeah, probably should but <laughs> gloss over that that's the AR anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah Pennant who was a great player and then he, him and Everton together were just unstoppable at times mm-hmm. and then um, Shakiri, phenomenal but didn't have the work rate mm-hmm. and that's what I think Stoke fans would rather see mm-hmm. I think you'd rather see him working hard than all this skill and he had skill but I always felt he was in and out of his shadows mm-hmm. I always did he never I never watched him and Anovic have a world-class game. It was one or the other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's frustrating. I think if they both were on top form, we could have scored six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. We really could have. Um, I think it was only when Anovic left, Shakiri stepped up, and he did step up in he that did. last season. He really did, yeah. You it know. took him a long time to adapt, I it think, did, to, yeah. what, to what it takes, because I mean, he was a great footballer, but just physically alone, we only managed to fix his calves in, what, 2016, 17 or something like that? Like, but 
When, how long did it take him to score his first goal? I'm not saying that you've got to get in and score straight away, but no. it must have been six months. Well, yeah. It, it was the Everton game. It was the Everton game. It was just after Christmas, so yeah. halfway through the season. Weren't a bad two goals either, were they? No. <laughs> especially I mean, the first second, one was a bit simple. Second one. One. That second one, he yeah. Didn't mean it. <laughs> Charlie Adams said he didn't mean it, but we'll, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but Charlie Adams and Shakiri have had a few words over the last couple of years. They have they? had a few words. So Plus maybe that's a good thing Shakiri's not on this team. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and then up front. I've got a few shout outs. Kenwin Jones mm-hmm. was he was just brilliant. He was the first striker we ever saw and he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You couldn't stop him really mm-hmm. sometimes. Other no. times he was the most frustrating striker on the pitch. Yeah. But he was I thought he was a phenomenal player to be honest. For mm-hmm. us anyway. Not yeah. spectacular, but he was for us, he was brilliant. Odin Wingy. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved Odin Wingy. When we first signed him we were like, Brilliant. He no one wanted him. Mm-hmm. But again, Another great player. Yeah. Scored that goal against West Ham. And every time you watched him, you had a smile on your face. Because mm-hmm. he always had a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Bit of a strange one. Cameron Jerome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the first time anyone's mentioned I him. I thought it might but, be. Yeah. But I tell you what, he was, he was all right, There actually. was a spell where I am convinced, in my head, I'm convinced, he'd come off the bench and scored every single week. Mm. He'd come off the bench and score every week. And I, he probably only got about three goals for us, if you look back. But... Off the bench, he was phenomenal. Yeah. That goal against Southampton, oh where he hit God. it from, yeah. Christ knows how far out, and he has hit it hard. Yeah, he has. Yeah. And then there was a goal against Everton as well. I could go on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he was, yeah. He, I thought he was very underrated because whenever he started, didn't do anything. But yeah. off the bench, and then under Hughes, he well. I remember him being delighted that Pulis had gone and Hughes had come in and then Hughes said, Ashley, I don't like you. It's you go. <laughs> Out you go, we don't want you. But no, I thought he was actually quite a good player, to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah I, I obviously limited in some regards. I think his finishing was left to be desired to some yeah, extent. Yeah. But 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 his his His, his impact his, off the bench. His I impact was... off the bench because of his athleticism mainly. Yeah, yeah, I, and, yeah I agree. And I don't think he ever didn't care. He'd never No. He wasn't one that never had an impact in some way he just if only he could finish yeah he, he would have been a much better striker than he was yeah um and then the other one on the men, uh, honorable mentions which was surprising is fuller never saw him right so, never saw i saw yeah. him play but i never saw him score mm-hmm. which is horrible to say i've watched all the replays i've seen everything and i love him now and i actually went online about two weeks ago to try and find if anyone was selling a ricardo fuller top all right because i want one so if anyone's selling one you know oh well there you go (laughs) i'd love to have one but you can't get him anywhere no it's irritating he was a great player but we never saw him so i can't put him in my team that's fair enough so up front i've gone with bojan okay he did play up front, so I can put him there. Well, you can do whatever you want. I might class him as a midfielder when it comes down to the main team, but for yeah, you, whatever. Yeah, if he's a striker, he's a striker. He was, I, I'd say, the best player I'd ever seen mm-hmm. play for Stoke. He was unreal it, at times, unplayable. There was t- when he, he got, I think Liverpool wanted him mm-hmm. at a time, and yeah. you can see why. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame we got that. It's a real shame we got that injury because I think yeah. if he hadn't, we could have easily been getting Europe again. Well, we could have done and. Uh, well, it it depends how well we would have done, but he would have left to go on to something bigger if we yeah, hadn't I th- have. I, th- got I think better. he would have, yeah. but I think he would have took us to that next level. He probably would have done. I yeah. really do. Yeah. He was when Afli was behind him, Shakiri and Anatovic, mm-hmm. No one could deal with us. No, they couldn't deal with him dropping deep. We didn't have a striker. The defenders didn't know what to do. The midfield didn't know what to do. We were just. He was so good. And yeah, that goal, that final goal we scored in the cup before he got injured. Mm-hmm. With his left foot, a volley. Yeah. You know, there's players who are left-footed that can't do that. Yeah, and he's exactly. right-footed. Yeah, 
And then finally, um, Peter Crouch, for me, the best striker I've ever seen at the club. Mm-hmm. Um, when we signed him, it, it, that was another one that were like, wow, Peter Crouch, the, yeah. the Peter Crouch. Yeah. The one that you've heard of. Yeah, the one that player we know. <laughs> yeah. And again, he was just off the pitch, a lovely bloke, mm-hmm. funny. I mean, his podcast is brilliant. Mm-hmm. On the pitch, so underrated with his feet. Everyone thinks Peter Crouch is going to head the ball, but he had such a good touch on him. Yeah, his yeah. shot was good. His heading was unbelievable. And he made Arnautovic the player he was, I felt. Mm. I really did, because without Peter Crouch, Arnautovic wouldn't have had the top opportunities he got. Same with most of the players who played with Crouch. He made them better than they were. Yeah, probably right, yeah, For me, Crouch is the, the best striker I've seen at the club. And it probably would have been Fuller, but I didn't mm. see Fuller. Well, that's the thing. There's a couple of, couple of players there that... You're right, a lot of people yeah. probably would have mentioned and Zonzi's probably one of the most mentioned midfielders we've yeah. had. But that's the thing about this this format, it's your team and yeah. who you're mentally attached to and then yeah. with all those players there, some of them you've met or seen, if that's your connection to him, that's your connection to, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean also I was uh, tempted to go with Hosselu, but he never stayed around long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he well, and I don't think he quite had the impact that <laughs> anybody wanted him to no. really. He scored a good himself. goal at Watford though. He did score a good goal at Watford. Yeah. So, he, you know. there, there was a good player in there somewhere. It's I just, think there was. And um, I still think there is. It's just a shame that no one can find it. No, no. I think but to be honest, I think he would have been better than who we had up front in that relegation season. Honest oh, to God, Christ, I think yeah. he would have been better. Oh you know? well, we couldn't score a goal for Taffy, could we? No. I, I, I remember I'm such a positive person when it comes to Stoke I remember the moment I knew we were going down and it wasn't the Palace game I was confident we were staying up up till you know two or three weeks before the season and mm-hmm. that was mad because we were clearly going down I remember Juif missing a one-on-one with Hugo Lloris against Tottenham he did score in the end where Lloris almost knocked him out with the ball <laughs> and then he managed to tap it in somehow Yeah, but he missed a one-on-one and that's when I knew it was over mm-hmm. which is frustrating and Juif would have got a mention, I think, if it wasn't for that last season. And I feel bad for Juve, but he would have been in um, on the bench. But I knew it was gone when he missed that. So yeah, yeah. and he did play right back that season, which was interesting. Well, uh, that's the thing. He he was a versatile player to some extent. You know, played on a wing, played up front, <laughs> played a wing back, which was very interesting. <laughs> it uh, was, wasn't it? But like a lot of those players, they cared. Yeah, uh, he cared. You could see he cared, and mm. you know he had family issues which really did affect him big mm-hmm. time and it would affect anybody I yeah think. of course it would but he was our number one striker we had better players mm. who could have been starting up front in that last season in the Premier League mm-hmm. that's what you get when you try to do everything on the cheap well, well, well of course, yeah. not as easy as straightforward as that but no. we did sign a lot of rubbish well we did yeah <laughs> something I just want to bring you back to you you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago something about being positive well you say that you're a very positive Stoke fan yeah first of all just want to elaborate on that a bit maybe yeah I um I go into every game thinking we're going to win, okay. which really is horrible. Even now? Even now. Even today, I think we're going to win. Mm-hmm. We'll play big teams, and I think we're going to win. But that comes from that first, that start I had, because we were beating everyone. Mm-hmm. We lost. I remember we lost to QPR 3-2, and it was like a real, real shock, because mm-hmm. we don't lose. Not at home. Yeah. And that's what it comes from. And I am just so over-positive about everything. I remember the seat. We went, when we went down, the full-time whistle went to Swansea. Confirm, it was confirmed anyway but I got on the coach to come home and the first thing I did was went on the Oatcake fan site and I put a list of like who's your best player this season who's your worst player who's your the best stadium you visited the best fans this mm. and that it's about 20 questions all the comments were shut up we've just been relegated and I was just like 
wow, I am way too positive for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just wanted to know what people's opinions were. You know, I wanted to know what people thought of, of away stadiums and away fans and players you've watched and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, all the comments were, I'm not in the mood for this. Delete no. it and stuff. So I deleted it. And then I knew I'm just too positive. Gary Rowett come in. I thought we were going up. Mm-hmm. Nathan Jones come in. I, I thought we were going I up. I think a lot of people did. That's the thing. You know, I convinced myself James McLean was a wonderful signing. Mm-hmm. He worked hard. I'll give him his due. He works very hard, but not he, the most technical. No, possibly gifted. not. No, no. I, when he makes that tackle from left back and runs 50 yards and then puts that ball into <laughs> Rosehead with a cross, you yeah. just think, why did why? he bother with any of that? <laughs> why didn't you just pass it? Yeah, <laughs> Give exactly. it to someone who's yeah. good on the ball. Oh, bless him, yeah. I mean, personally... Myself, I'd rather see two James McLeans than two Tom Inces mm-hmm. because you know McLean will work hard yeah. for 90 minutes yeah. and that's what I think Stoke's built on and that's what I think it means to be a Stoke player and a yeah, Stoke yeah. fan and to be involved with the club but mm-hmm. yeah, he's not the most gifted player, is he? McLean. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm just too too positive about everything. When when we got to the penalty shootout at Liverpool, I know Richard scored, was like, we're through, we've mm-hmm. won. And we lost. That's why it's harder to get knocked down. It hurts more when we do lose because I convince myself we are going to win. Yeah, you know, which I is convinced... weird considering I think we're an underdog club. You've said yeah. it yourself. Yeah, and, we are, and, and that's why I think we did win. Yeah, we were underestimated, and then when we weren't underestimated, we were battering teams, <laughs> literally <laughs> outplaying them. Yeah, and that's why I think I get more upset because I tell myself we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Even you know the start of this season, we lost to QPR and we were terrible. But that's fine. One one defeat. Yeah. We'll go next week. We lose again. That's fine. We'll go. Yeah. And I'm just too positive about everything. Every signing, mate. That's a good signing. Ramadan. That's a good signing. Mm-hmm. Weren't a bad player, but I know no. which ruined his career mm-hmm. by playing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'm just too overly positive, and that's what frustrates me with the fan base at the minute. Yeah. So I was going to mention that. On the whole, I know we've had good spells in yeah. the last couple of years brief ones <laughs> but on the whole it's it's not been a nice place to be no I don't want to touch on it too much because we spoke about it on this podcast and other episodes of podcasts yeah. before but we talked about breaking the vicious circle yeah what do you think could be done to do that without the obvious of Stoke winning football games again or, or is that what it literally takes I think that's what it is but I think to, the way we win football games is the crowd behind crowd behind them you know, the, it's no dig at any fan, but the negativity has been. I mean, I was going to say the club, the fan base, has been divided into two. It's not. It's more than that. There's fans that like Jones, don't know, don't like Jones. You know, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And the club isn't together. The fan base isn't together as one, like it was. Mm-hmm. And when you're really positive, when you've got people booing, moaning, this and that, it really winds me up. Mm-hmm. I'll sit there and shout stuff. To annoy the bloke behind me mm-hmm. if he's saying something. Right. No, if, I don't know him. He might be a lovely bloke, but <laughs> that is really frustrating for me. And I think the only way to get out of this cycle is if all the fans pull together. You know, we've got a new manager now. We've got one win. So mm-hmm. they can't moan about his, his win record at the minute. No, 100%. Right? Um, so Michael O'Neill, he might be the best manager at the club. He might be the worst. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. But the only thing we can do is get behind the team. Mm-hmm. And I think if the fans do that, we'll be all right. Mm-hmm. But... I wasn't at the first game of the season. I was on holiday, but against QPR, I heard it was the most tense atmosphere of a long time. Mm-hmm. And you can feel it now. Yeah. Around the ground, you can feel that it's tense and there's no no one's relaxed, no one's confident. It's no. tense. And I think the players must feel it. They mm. must feel it. And I think that's why we've been on such a poor run. And I just think all the fans need to just pull together, whether they like the manager or not. Mm-hmm. But how does that happen? How do you 
convince 30,000 fans to go, right, okay, we'll go in positive for this one, see what happens. Well, I think it's just hard work from the players to start with. That's what I think it is. You know, if, if you've got a player that's walking around, arms in the air, moaning, falling on the floor, mm-hmm. the fans are going to get frustrated with him and then the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. You look at the good Stoke teams. I mean, Walters was on a... He, he had the thing at the stadium the other day with Hoof and he said, first thing I'd do, chase the ball down and kick the defender. <laughs> I mean, fair play. Yeah. And it got the crowd going. Yeah. And if the crowd got going, the players got going. Exactly. If the players kept going, the crowd kept going. Mm-hmm. And it builds. But we don't have that at the minute. The players don't seem to have that thought at the minute and I think if a player hits a hard tackle straight away or blocks something scores a goal or puts a good cross or goes on a good run it gets the crowd up so yeah it's give and take but I think to start with the crowd have just got to show that they're behind the team from the first minute Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to when it's been so poor and I I understand that but there's no other way of doing it because if you're not if we're not behind the team, the team aren't going to perform. Yeah, and to be honest, I do think that the Stoke fans do try. Like we always hear some sort of a sing song at the start of a game. Yeah, and it's difficult, especially when we can see it after three minutes. Yeah. Oh, of course. And, yeah. And and that's just it hits you down it exactly. Hits you while and there. we've been going in with the level of expectation of winning games because we've been relegated and because the club have told yeah. us to. Particularly, I think yeah. the club have said expect promotion. Yeah. Well, that's that's the frustrating thing, you know. I'm sure the Coates family didn't want their Bet365 stadium in the Skybet Championship. No. I'm sure, and, and all the bookies saying we're favourites to go up. Even after last season, Stoke are still favourites to go all up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got opposition fans saying, oh, your team's too good to be down here. Yeah. The pressure is on our team. The last thing they need is our fans as well. But we're going to have them expectations, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Of course we are. Yeah. So we just need to get behind the team. And that's as simple as it is. Do you think that the club can do something off the pitch? They should be. There's, there there's, should there's be, yeah. no connection between the club and the fans at all. Yeah. We don't see... Even even under Pulis, you know, you used to watch like Soccer AM, for example, and there'd be crossbar challenge at Chelsea, Man City, you know, all these clubs. Mm-hmm. Stoke were never on it. I think yeah. they might have been on it once. Mm-hmm. Sky and BT do interviews with players. We don't get that. We mm-hmm. never get that. You go on YouTube and type Stoke City, you just get match highlights. And normally yeah. they're not worth watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no connection even with other social media accounts, with other broadcasters. So we've got no connection with the club until we get here on a match day and then have to watch them lose. Yeah, exactly. That is why there's such a disconnection with the fans. Yeah, I And that's why agree. the fans are down. And the only way to get it, to get the fans going again is to win games mm-hmm. or to interact with them. It's weird because we've said, you said especially, that fans don't agree with each other at the moment. No. But I think that one thing everybody agrees about is we're not getting enough from the club no no of course we're not no we we just aren't and there's things that they can do they can't win every football game don't expect them to we don't expect them to absolutely right but we do expect something back considering all that we give to them and yeah there was a feeling before about us contributing to how well stoke we're doing yeah and now there's perhaps a feeling of we're contributing to how bad stoke are doing in a way but it doesn't feel like that it's hard to blame yourself so yeah. you're always going to say well I don't blame myself for this mess and therefore you feel disconnected yeah so there's yeah for me we, there's 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 not enough to not get us on board because no, we're all on no, board yeah, we all want Stoke not. to do well but there's got to be something to 
get us involved. Mm, I more. think you hit the nail on the head there. We're disconnected from the club. Yeah, we don't know what's going on inside the club. We don't no. know, and we don't know anything. What all we know is we get a team selection at two. We watch the game and we go home and watch a manager. And I wish my match day was more than that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. You Especially know. for you, who makes a three, four hour round trip to come here. Yeah, and. You do get here and you have to make a day yourself. You have to. You and know, that's poor. That is it just really. Is. It is really, you know, even seeing the players. They could say, players got to get here at one o'clock. If you want to see the players, get here at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't tell you when the players are turning no. up. You've got to turn up on your own. You could be stood up there for an hour on your own waiting for a player to turn up. Yeah. Because the club, even, if, you know, even something little like that, or they've got to do something because at the moment it is very turn up, watch the game, go home. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we mentioned it briefly there, your, your match day routine. Yeah. So maybe with in mind what the club aren't doing, what's your match day routine? Yeah, well, Northampton's about, it's about an hour and 45, two hours away. Mm-hmm. We normally leave about 11, get up here for about one, stop and have some food on the way. Because mm-hmm. we try and make it as long, long out as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go to Longton Rugby Club, which is about a 10 minute walk from the stadium. Yep. Really nice atmosphere in there. There's always opposition fans so you can have a chat with them it's, it's, it's never been nasty in there mm-hmm. have a drink we still meet the family that used to sit behind us mm-hmm. family stand because we've moved since then yeah that that's nice they not sometimes have a game of rugby on or they'll have the early kickoff so we'll watch that mm-hmm. go and watch the game and then come back and normally uh, complain about what we've seen <laughs> <laughs> and then it's then it's the trek home about six o'clock and we get home about eight so we we make a day of it but we drag it out yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, we used to when the whole family used to come. We used to go to like Emma Bridgewater. Used to go into the shops and and explore Stoke. But at the moment, just because it's me and Dad, that's all you can do. Just have a drink and watch the rest of the games. That's just so a shame, isn't it? It is a shame because we'd make a day of it and we always enjoy it, no matter win, lose, or draw. Yeah. We always enjoy it, and you know it's not the most entertaining match routine, no, but it's what we do. And but you said that there, there was there was potential to bring your whole family up and make yeah. a day even a weekend out of it right yeah exactly and, and if that's not a if that doesn't sound alarm bells the club like that's l- literally tourism yeah. The, yeah like right there and money making up of course it is you'd be willing to spend your time and money here and and that that to me just screams like do something yeah. about this but they don't have to spend a fortune they don't have to spend anything they don't have to spend anything exactly they could you know like I said like I said earlier they could say just put a tweet out when o'clock players arrive yeah people turn up yeah you know you probably sell more programmes I know that it's not going to be a lot of money to the coach family but no. it's free and it's getting the club everyone involved exactly the players as well it must do them some good to actually because the only time they see fans these days surely is us booing them after five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And so they're not going to like or, us very much. Or walking, this they walk from their car into the stadium, which is about ten second walk, mm-hmm. and probably get abuse from some yeah. people. Yeah, the players should be getting involved. I mean, we don't really do community things anymore with players. A few players do, but you don't see yeah. it very often. No, well, I don't know whether it's just. But it might like be behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I know that Stoke do a lot in the community for schools, yeah. especially in trying to get some of the younger fans involved. Yeah, but. It's a big struggle because, yes, you've got to go out in, in schools and tell them about, oh, there's this great thing. You can come down on a match day yeah. and watch a game of football. But at the moment, for a new fan, it's difficult to try and get them hooked yeah. Like, yeah. like we both like, were. Yeah, like you used like, to. Like, how difficult must that be for the club to try and convince people on the football alone? Mm. Like, it, they've got to be exactly. doing something else now. If they said, there's this that we can offer you before the game, of course, you can, you'll be excited for it. But if yeah. they just say, come watch Stoke, it's... Not the most entertaining, but it's something to do. Exactly. That's not selling it. No. I mean, to be fair, my dad plays walking football. Mm-hmm. 
the Russian and Diamonds, and I've been in contact with the club about a friendly match between like a Stoke community team and Russian and Diamonds, mm-hmm. and they have allowed us um, to come up and play them at the Academy Dome mm-hmm. about two hours before kickoff and have a stadium tour. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do more things like that? Because that's perfect. Yeah, I know. You know, that's there's going to be about twenty five people going. You know, you you can look at the Academy Dome, which no one really gets to see. You can have a stadium tour. That's that's good. That's a good day out for people. Yeah. But they don't do it very often. Listen up, Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> something like that, please. I'm not saying we've nailed it, but us and everybody else have got to be on the right lines. Yeah. Why would people want to come from different countries to watch 90 minutes? There's no there's no reason to do it at the minute because people are mad apart from they love <laughs> apart from they love Stoke exactly yeah yeah poor them <laughs> alright on that sort of line because I think because we've got a match day to go to very soon <laughs> so let's try and wrap this up a little bit yeah. if I was to ask you the common question that I'm asking everybody these days if you were to have a place at Stoke City to work there and have your impact on the club where would you want to be a couple of years back I'd have said in physiotherapy because mm-hmm. that's what I was looking to do Okay, didn't get into it in the end but that would have been good but to be honest, not many people have said players, have they? No. I would sit myself number six position, Glenn really? Whelan, and just oh, kick God. people. Kick lumps out of people. Because, <laughs> For money. Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, I was going to say break people's legs, but it's not the best expression to use with Stoke, is it? No. A minute? <laughs> no. I <laughs> hope there's no Arsenal fans listening. Oh, um, no, they're, no, they're definitely they're not allowed to. I blocked them all. Good, good. <laughs> but... Yeah, we haven't had a player like that, and I think I'd do a good job there, just winning the ball back, because that gets the fans going more, I think. Yeah. Someone who's just going to kick you hard, win the ball back, give it to someone who's actually good on the ball. That's yeah. what I'd do. And right now, I mean, who else are we going to have? Well, if Jordan Cousins can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, he can't. That's the problem. <laughs> he can't, because he, he can't get picked save his life. Oh, He's no Ryan Woods. Bless him. I'm glad someone's finally <laughs> said playing staff. Because I've got a club at the minute, Gary. No one's playing for us. So, so okay, we've got someone in midfield. We got a goalkeeper, and then we got the bare minimum. Then uh, maybe someone said goalkeeper. Someone definitely said goalkeeper. Elliot said striker. Oh no, he said social media guy. Oh well, he's ruined that, hasn't he? He has ruined that. Well, he could do both. (laughs) If you're listening, Elliot. (laughs) All right. Well, as I said, I think we're going to start wrapping this up now. I I just want to ask you before we do that: Is there anything else you want to discuss? Anything you want to? Uh, say any shout outs you want to give um, I give a shout out to John Barnes leave it at that okay. um, <laughs> shout out to my dad for you know taking me up for the first time and converting me I mean thanks very much for that <laughs> 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 costing me a fortune and not even watching this win but <laughs> I, I wouldn't change it for anything and shout out to my girlfriend for putting up with me when I'm moody after match days <laughs> cool. which is most days <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh bless her yeah Excellent. Well, nothing else you want to say then? No, nope. you think I, we think, I think that's it, yeah. Excellent. Well, then there's one more question, isn't there? And I believe you know the answer to this already. Yes. You may have changed it in the time that we've done this podcast. No, he says. No. Nope. Uh, your three-word title for the podcast, please, mate. Worth the travelling. Worth the travelling. Is it worth the travelling? It's always worth the travelling. It's always, it's worth, always the worth the travelling. Even better when you win, but... Oh, of course. you got to support them, haven't you? Well, and we said, it's not just... The day you spend with Stoke is the day you spend with your family and yeah. friends, and and for some people that that means an awful lot. So, yeah, I can see why. Of course, it's worth the travelling. Like yeah. we moan about it, but if it was that bad, we wouldn't be doing it. No, exactly. I think that's a good end to a uh, close file sixteen on. Firstly, I want to formally thank you, Jordan, for coming on and thanks for having me. No, we, honestly, it's an absolute pleasure. If, I mean, you're giving up your time coming up here early, even earlier, I even suppose, earlier. than the what you normally leave. would. <laughs> Flipping out, yeah, more more dedication than me. Um, 
yeah no thank you for coming on and, and and sharing another good story with us and then just a reminder to everybody else that the show relies on people like jordan to come and share their story as well if you want to appear on the yyy files like jordan then head to the website at the yyyfiles.com if you enjoyed it though and you want to hear more you, you don't want to do that subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform uh, leave us a review but most importantly tell your friends about the show of course every time that's what i'd like to think you'd do if you like the show but up to you obviously <laughs> don't have to endorse this <laughs> definitely worth doing though oh well yeah absolutely it, i mean if you can get people to come on that's great i think i've mentioned this a couple of times like for every person i do i need someone else to come and replace them otherwise this is going to stop so yeah no one wants that do they well i don't know some people might <laughs> I, arsenal fans arsenal fans <laughs> exactly right <laughs> So yeah, if you want to get in contact, come and find us on social media at the YYY files or email the YYY files at mail.com. All address and handles have no dashes, no spaces, and no caps in them. That just seems to say one more time. Thank you, Jordan. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next one. But don't forget, it could be your fault one day. Handsome man.